monolithic the podcast where we explore diversity within black experiences i'm paige my name is beverly and i'm alia and i'm dylan thank you for tuning in to our fourth podcast of monolithic as always we're going to have a fruitful conversation around varying topics of blackness so let's get into today's topic around mask on mask off performing your blackness y'all what a time so y'all what does mask on mask off mean to you i think that when i think about mask on mask off it is really um maybe i would say like whitewashing our language or the way that we um that we act in different settings um or code switching, if you want to use that term, in regards to um, how do you talk to your peers at work versus how do you talk to your cousins and your family when you go home or just even your friends. Um, and I think what's important about that is like code switching um, is how do you talk to like if you have, um, you know, white friends or um, other people of colors, uh, you may talk to them differently than like your black friends, right? And so um, having to code switch that way and you even code switch in the workplace. So um, that's what I think about is code switch or whitewashing, however you want to say it. Um, but I guess code switch is a good word. Yeah, I've been thinking about double consciousness and we hear that from obviously W.E.B. Du Bois and different scholars like that. Um, I start to think about, you know, or related to what Dylan said. Lately, I've been getting like too comfortable with different friend groups. I've been saying like the N word and I'm like, (laughs) this is not the time or space for that. Um, And so I'm like, okay, Aaliyah, you know, let me remember where I am, who I'm talking to and know like, I don't, want to be one of those person, one of those people who can just, um, who will allow people to say that word or for them to feel comfortable saying that word because Aaliyah said it around us and it's okay. Like, no, absolutely not. So um, also thinking about the type of summer that we've had where everyone is having conversations around social justice, equity, inclusion, diversity, justice, liberation, racism, all of those things. I feel like now, I feel a little bit more shielded about how I show up because I feel like people are constantly um, saying things like, Aaliyah, we accept you, or um, 
Aaliyah, show your authentic self. We want to know you. I'm here for you. And I'm just like, yo, relax. <laughs> like, let me go at my own pace because now I'm kind of questioning whether it's genuine or not. So I think of mask on, mask off in a way that determines when I want to put my mask on or when I want to take it off and how that will differ depending on the location, time, place, space, all of those things. I like that you mentioned earlier um, the mask on, mask off of like really around code switching. And just like COVID has touched everything, I think COVID has, um, is exacerbating, right? Because I feel like there are lately, uh, my masks are starting to blend. So the things that you were talking about, Leah, that um, I'm tired, you, I'm about to show up authentically to the space, right? So where it was taxing before to already enter that space, because I'm like, okay, well, how do I say this? Or how's it going to be received? I'm like, well, I've been here since maybe like, four o'clock and it's now 10 o'clock and you know what you're about to get the authentic my like authentic self so I appreciate you for saying that because I thought I was the only one like man I've just been showing up authentically in some of these spaces because you're gonna get what you're gonna get today <laughs> and be happy that yeah. I'm here yeah Paige you're definitely not alone in that I think that um I I relate to the terminology of like code switching more so because I I don't know the, the the term of like mask on and off feels like it's like a fake part of me you know what I'm saying but like how I act at work is very much so part of who I um am in different spaces versus if I'm hanging out with friends or which different group and it's not even just hanging out with friends but different groups of friends are gonna get slightly different versions of how I um like I don't even want to say perform, but just how I engage. And I think at this point in my life, it's not something that I think about. It's just something that happens naturally, just based on people's interactions with me um, in certain ways. So I think about like, there's even certain student groups that I'll act slightly different with, because if I am, um, you know, a certain way with a group of students who may not share my identity, my black identity, like, I'll say something that I think is funny, you know what I'm saying? Maybe it goes well with some of my, my, my student staff, for example, but this other group of students looking at me crazy. So I'm like, you know what? <laughs> now I know not to have say these types of jokes with you. And it's not even just like, for me, I don't want it to be inauthentic, but it's just like, this is not going to go over well in this, in this group. Um, so like, that's fine. I won't make these types of jokes. Um, not that they're inappropriate or anything. They're just not going to get it. It's going to go over their heads and they're just going to look at me crazy. So I'm like, let me not, you know? Um, but that's just a, an ability. I think that's a skill that I have, or we as Black people have to be able to be in tune with social cues to that degree, um, to be able to like navigate different social settings um, successfully. And unfortunately, I think we've, we're talking that very young um, based on people's interactions with different sides of who we are and the doors that open and close depending on like what you how you present yourself so I, I for me I like to think they're all parts of who I am it's not necessarily something's inauthentic it's just like I am now at an age where I can be a little bit more savvy in different spaces because I just know you know can't do this here that's fine <laughs> So, yeah. 
No, I think you, okay, not to get off student affairs or whatnot, but Bev, I love how you talked about mask on, mask off, and code switching from not a deficit model, you know, um, but as a skill that we've learned, right? Yeah, a part of me is like, but why we got to learn this skill? Like, nobody else has to do it. Like, why do we always have to try to assimilate into dominant culture, aka white culture? I don't know. I think I'm kind of just like going back and forth a little bit because there are moments where we all know that black culture is pop culture. Right. Then people take some time to catch up and then they take it. So a part of me is like, do we just show up as our authentic selves and wait for other people to catch up? Or do we want to conform into white society and white standards just to save those things that we have for ourselves and our community, because we know that every time we share, it gets taken. So I'm just kind of thinking, when is it appropriate to show up as your authentic self, especially when safety is a concern or blatant stealing and thievery and taking without permission? So, you know, just simple appropriation. I think for me, I um, have had those thoughts as well, of just being like, uh, like we black people specifically black women being like the model when it comes to what people want to attain in pop culture what they want to look like etc cetera, etc cetera. and so when I think about me in a creative space for example I think about looks or different creative like things that I want to do knowing that it'll it can come off a certain way if I wear this outfit, if I wear this you know look versus if it was in a if it's in a presented in a body that's several shades lighter than me or who is white or in a different space where that's like oh that's cool that's edgy versus like oh that's a little ghetto that's ratchet you know whatever um but that's creativity you know what i'm saying so i i grapple with that as well um specifically in a creative domain where i'm like i don't want people to just like take this idea and then like run with it and um you know what have you but i think that again i I try to not let that hinder me from being who I am, you know? Um, so I'm like, I'm going to do it regardless, you know what I'm saying? And I think that um, that's important, at least for me to be able to feel comfortable doing that. And going back to your point of like, why we had to learn to code switch or like putting on these different masks or what have you at a young age um, and other folks not necessarily having to do that. I think like everyone who is non-white at certain levels of degrees have had to learn how to code switch you know like when you think of different communities who have been forced to assimilate um and i'm speaking specifically like in american like white usa my history and knowledge of that there's been a lot of different communities who've been forced to assimilate and had to learn how to like switch off their accent, you know, per, you know, for example, and then like when they're home, they're comfortable and like they can speak with, I have friends who like speak in a completely different accent, not even just like um, language, they're still speaking English, but like completely different accent when they're comfortable and around their friends versus when they're at work. And that's unfortunate, but also it kind of goes to the point of like, white supremacy and how it affects us all but how does it affect us all in different varying levels I think that's where the conversation sometimes gets like mm, we don't have to talk about that where it's like mm, we kind of do because it affects us all differently in different depths so 
I'm happy that Aaliyah and Bev brought up the whole, why do we have to um, even code switch um, um, or take off our mask, however you want to say it. Um, because I literally wrote that down when you were talking earlier, Bev. I was like, why can't we just show up authentically, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and like, I think about that and I know that this is a whole another topic for like a whole another day, right? Um, and you all have made some really good points about why we can't show up authentically. Um, but it's like, it's a lot of deconstruction that needs to happen for that to happen. And I think about what would the world be like if white culture, if white patriarchy, white supremacy wasn't the foundation of our country, right? Like, what a dream <laughs> would that be? But um, yeah, I think about that often. Like I think about being raised and then like even like being a big brother um, and like being in public. And I just remember younger Dylan being like, don't do that. We need to do it like this. Or you need like, why? Because we all were assimilating to a culture that was not meant for us. Absolutely. And I think too that like we learn, you learn at a young age that like if I act this way, people are gonna treat me very negatively or they're not gonna want to associate with me if I do certain things. And that's where I feel like everyone has their own like path of how do they navigate that without feeling or maybe I'm making assumptions, but at least for me, like I had came to a point where I'm like, how do I navigate this and not feel fake, like, in certain spaces, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, if I act a certain way, right, in this group, I'm not, people are not going to want to hang out with me or give me job opportunities or are going to think I'm weird or whatever, or just going to be confused. So I'm like, how do I be who I am, but also still have access to everyone, to the things that people have, other folks have, naturally and and i think that's unfair that we have to think about that at such a young age and figure out how you do that and also i think that culturally we um at least as a black people we do a lot of things to teach like one another um how to navigate those spaces and i think that's where i enjoy being in black spaces because it's like those those places where it's like okay you could like it's us you know what i'm saying like you can be cool it's fine it's a like a reprieve almost you know because it's hard sometimes specifically for those who are like when i think of people who are the only black people in their workspace ay 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 like i could not you know like you have no reprieve like only if you go home maybe and that's like the only time you can just like be who you are to the fullest extent and uh, i don't know that's that's sad so that leads us to the first question of today, which is how do you perform your blackness or code switch if we want to use that? That's a tough question. Again, because it depends on where you are and who you're around. I used to be a person who didn't care about what white people thought. I still really don't care. But if I am around a white person, I don't want to be loud because I don't want to perpetuate the stereotypes. I am very aware and conscious of that. And, you know, like, I don't I don't really know how to say this, but I just don't want to display those stereotypes that they already think of us. Um, there are moments where I ask myself, like, why do you even care? But I also know that I don't represent an individual. 
When they see me, they don't see Aaliyah. They see all Black women. They see all Black people. So I keep that in my mind. And I think that um, there are moments where I try to de-perform my Blackness. Well, not necessarily de-perform, but um, I don't show up as my authentic self because traditionally, um, there are a lot of aspects of Blackness that are perceived as negative. And I don't want to act on those things. But the more that I grow and develop, I really go back to the I don't care. And that used to be like my childhood experience. Like when I was a child, I didn't care. And I want to go back to that childhood Aaliyah. Um, because there are just simply moments where I don't want to perform. I don't want to sit here and laugh at the jokes. I don't know what you're talking about half the time. <laughs> like I didn't grow up watching the typical American TV shows or read the typical American literature. My parents were very intentional about us seeing Black protagonists and main characters. And so there are moments where I just don't know some of the stuff. And it is what it is. <laughs> like When people make jokes, I'm sitting there because like I can't participate or I'll be like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, do the fake laugh. But deep down, I'm like, why am I here? Why am I having this conversation? And, you know, sometimes it's hard to find connection and have conversations with other people because, you know, the core of who I am and the things that I enjoy and the things that I like are not a part of the dominant culture or they are not commonly known. I think for me um, right now, and I think it's a good question. Um, earlier I mentioned with having COVID and like the mask on mask off, there's a, my mask are blending, um, because of just pure exhaustion from, I think every sector of like life of like work of America, of being, um, just a woman, being a black woman, where I would say that right now, um, which this is a layered answer. I don't think that I, um, I'm necessarily performing my black, performing blackness, but I'm just existing in um, my blackness and not being apologetic for the space that I take up, um, for my presence, for my energy, for my thoughts, for my ideals. Um, I think that I've been pushing back more so uh, of taking space and creating space for others, especially in uh, my work that because of just everything that I'm having to do, um, it, making sure that I exist and um, Black women are respected or noticed um, means a little bit more for me right now as well. I think the question, how do you perform your Blackness, um, I think can be interpreted in a lot of different ways. Um, for me, just reading that question, I think like, I don't ever want to perform a critical piece of my identity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just want to be that. Um, if I have to tailor it um, because of the society that we're living in, unfortunately, then that's like, okay, that's different. You know, we have to code switch sometimes. We have to learn how to navigate pieces of society. Um, and a lot of pieces of my identity has to do that, being a woman, being Haitian, being Black, whatever. And so that's not necessarily foreign, but specifically when it comes to performing Blackness, um, that, that like brings up topics of like, what does it mean to be Black or like upbringing of not necessarily feeling accepted, not even accepted, but like 
maybe the feeling like I wasn't black enough, like you know what I'm saying, or too black in certain spaces. And so I think, I don't know, I want to say maybe grad school or no, undergrad era is when I really started to push back on like this, this thought that like I have to perform my blackness in a particular way. Um, and I think this is not, uh, was not unique due to the like, up, like the up and coming like movements when it came to like carefree black girl or like black boy joy, black girl magic. I That's when I really started to tap into a lot of those movements and what does that even mean to like be black in multiple different forms. Um, and I've talked about it before in this podcast, but for me, I'm like, if, people call me an Oreo, you know what I'm saying? Because I like to speak a certain way or if I'm like weird or quirky or whatever, I can be corny at times, cool. But that doesn't take away from my blackness. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can say all that if you want. Um, Or on the flip side, if white people are like, you're so like, you're so polite for a black girl. Um, mm, That's a microaggression and that's problematic, but that doesn't take away from my blackness. You know what I'm saying? But I think as a child, I had issues with not understanding how to like sort through those comments or how people perceived how I uh, like show like how I showed up in spaces. So for me, <clears throat> um, I constantly push back specifically when I go home because like I don't know me talking the way I do in these spaces like in academia like I work in higher education like people are comfortable with like how I show up naturally, but back home that's where like more conversations of like bev you always talk so mess or like bev why you always talking like that like here here we go you know but i'm like no this is like it doesn't matter which this is problematic within our own like community um because like you we can't we have to stop this conversation on like we have to perform a certain way you know um because like every one of us is black and regardless of what you're how you show up doesn't take away from that, you know? Cause at the end of the day, if I'm walking down the street, you know what I'm saying? And someone wants to, you know, call me an N-word, hard R, <laughs> like they're gonna do it regardless of whether or not I um, can be corny sometimes on a Tuesday, like, you know? So, and then on the flip side, like, and I, if I'm in meetings and stuff and I wanna be like, yes, sis, like period, like all these things, people look at me crazy, like this is not the space for that. And I'm like, this is because like, this is us how like you, we wanna preach about like being, you know, genuine with our students or like genuine with who we are and stuff. And so that is genuinely how I like to um, be at times. And so for me, I like to, find I, I like to hold on to what feels right for me in each space and if I have to push back sometimes in certain spaces I'll do that um so yeah in the words of one of my favorite people Piriana <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like Bev has taken a peek at my notes <laughs> Because I feel like you have summed up everything that I was thinking about. Basically, when I think about the performance, like how do you perform Blackness, I think about a time in my life where I had to take a pause and really like figure out who I am as a Black man. Because 
Um, you know, we've talked about it before in previous episodes of the podcast of like being called an Oreo, uh, being in all the classes with like all the white people going to like predominantly white institutions and things like that, right? And so really, um, that's what I think about when I think about like performing my blackness is like I literally have to take a pause and be like, what space am I going into? Um, so yeah. But I think at the end of the day, there's a tug and pull that I have of just like, who am I? What is my Blackness? But I think over the years, I've become confident in who I am as a Black person uh, and as a Black man. And sometimes when I go back home, though, that's when I feel the tug and pull the most because it's kind of like, you know, it's just kind of like I've been away from home for I don't know, almost eight years now, I guess. And it's that whole deal of like having to assimilate and to, you know, professionalism, which is rooted in whiteness and white supremacy and all of that. And so, um, yeah, it's a tug and pull. And I don't know, I think it's something that I'm always defining, but not necessarily... um, defining like how do I perform blackness but more so defining um and being more confident and comfortable with who I am as a black man definitely I think Bev brought up a great point of like how we police each other and even Dylan I think um I kind of see myself like in the middle like I feel like you know, because I have these degrees and because whatever I'm successful in whatever terms that we think successful means, mm-hmm. it's like we're in the middle ground, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not white, I, obviously not white. But then when I go home, like you said, Dylan, it's kind of like, okay, so how do I talk around my family without them feeling like I'm better than them or, you know, like all these things. And I'm just like, why do we have to do it this way? Why? is again being intelligent being educated associated with being white when in actuality that is who we are you know um that's who we've always been we just been through a lot of things that you know kind of deter us from things and there's systems in place um that are specifically dedicated to ensure that we're not being our full selves and fulfilling our full potential and so it, it's really hard when we talk about like performing, because, again, not only are we performing in, in white spaces, we also have to perform in other spaces with people who who love us and care about us. And and that's I think, honestly, I think that's the part that's a little bit more heartbreaking because I'm like, you know, I'm still y'all like nothing changes. Like you said, Bev, and like what Dylan said, we're still black regardless. And I think. That's another reason why I love doing this podcast, because it talks of it. The whole purpose of this podcast is to say, like, you know, there's no one way to be black. You're still black regardless. It doesn't matter how you dress, um, how you speak, all of that. Being articulate is not a white thing. Um, Saying ing after every word is not a white thing. Do I do that? No. But am I going to be mad at somebody else for doing that? That is not my business. Like, do your thing. Um, But. I it, it's, it's tough sometimes because, again, I don't think we talk about it enough how we police each other um, or say if we say something in a meeting, another black person look at you like, did you just say that? And I'm like, yes, I did. <laughs> um, so, yeah, those are some thoughts that came to my mind. I think it's funny because I was just watching um, 
So obviously, I ha- not obviously, I had to download uh, HBO Max due to the Euphoria episodes that came out uh, this week. And <laughs> after I watched that episode, I was like, you know, let me see. And the first Prince of Bel Air is on HBO Max. And I was watching it because it's been a long time since I've watched the whole show and I've never binged it from start to finish. And I think that that show is such a good example of like what we're talking about here because you have Will, who's from West Philly, West Philly right? Okay, it's in the South. No, Philadelphia, born and raised. On a playground where I spend most of my days. Okay. <laughs> myself there yikes okay but he's from West Philly and he comes to his like his family who are rich like black people bourgeoisie like you know what I'm saying um but it's funny because when Will there's an episode where his friend Ice Tray or Icebox I forget I forget they was making so much fun of his name comes to visit Will and it's revealed that, like, Will loved to read and, like, academia and all of these things. And he would hide his books in pizza boxes when he'd go home because people would bully him um, if they knew that, like, he was reading. You know what I'm saying? And his friend would, like, help him out, like, literally, pr- like, protect him from people in his neighborhood who looked down upon that. Um, and I find that funny and unique because when you think of Will in this world, Will is not seen as, like, you know, this person who likes to read and, like, whatever. In many, many cases, the whole, like, uniqueness of the show is how Will is so, like, um, different from his family and in this rich white world. And I think it's even more so layered because Will has that experience, right? But then the dynamic between Will and Carlton, which, like, we all know... (laughs) Carlton is corny like he is in the singing clubs like you know he's very um there's multiple moments in that show where Carlton is um obviously sheltered for what it means to be a black man outside of his wealth and outside of his um status because of his father and Will and Jazz would like um bully him like a little bit or like make jokes at his his expense when they'll be like I'm black and you're black but what are you you know and I think that is so crazy that because of Carlton's upbringing which Carlton has no like he he couldn't there was no other way for him to turn out from aside from what he is based on his experiences of only being this like black kid you know, Princeton bound, like all of these things. And so I think it's unique how we, again, to Aaliyah's point, like police ourselves a little bit, but also how we all at times face those things. Cause I'm like, it's funny how Will bullies Carlton, but like, Will, you used to be bullied for the same thing because you like to read, you know? And it's just, it's funny how the impact, not funny, but it's interesting the impact of white supremacy and just like, how it trickles down in our communities so pervasively um, that it's just normal to like crack jokes and stuff like that. But like, man, I can get really get somebody, you know? Um, I even think about, um, there's an episode that played that I distinctly remembered where there was this like fraternity trying to recruit Will into like, hey, join us, like you're a part of us, let's go. And then Carlton was also interested in that same um, fraternity and they said no like you can't be one of us like you're you don't act like us and there is a lot of dictate like there's a when we think about a mask 
um, and the mask on, mask off concept, I find myself thinking about um, where does my mask come off? Because it's just uh, an exchange of different masks, right? And so um, Carlton had to essentially change himself in order to fit what they wanted. And I think in the end of the episode, uh, Will was like, if you ain't accepting my cousin, you can't accept me too, period. But um, that happens frequently. Um, and I would say is just as um, taxing to do it even with um, Black folk because um, it's like, okay, cool. Like, I already knew you were going to accept me, but like, dang, like, what does it mean to make sure that um, I can enter a space, I can stay in the space, and I see, I am seen as credible um, and wanted in this space as well. No, Paige, I put, you made such a great point, and it's something that I didn't consider before you said it, about like, am I truly taking the mask off, or am I putting a different one on? And I think it's so funny that we're using the term mask off because we're in a pandemic and all of us got a thousand masks running around. I think that um, that's very important because, again, you can't, I don't say you can't, you make a decision whether or not, how do you want to show up in these spaces, right? Um, and unfortunately, we live in a society where we're constantly always educating because who we are is not the majority, um, at least this aspect of our identity. So I don't know. It's just different things that pop up that, yeah, you got to just put on different masks. I think a lot about, like, when it comes to how we act in white spaces, that, where that comes from makes sense. Obviously, racism, obviously, the impact of how we act, et cetera, et cetera. But when it comes to the conversations or the like how we act differently within black spaces or how we police one another. I think there's a lot of other layers to it. Yes, it is still rooted in racism and the impacts of white supremacy. But I think too, like there's this element of like, I'm trying to look out for you, you know what I'm saying? As a fellow black person, you know, and if you act like you acting this way is different than, um, than what I feel. Right. Or like, this is a hypothetical. I not mean like, I feel is acceptable in this black space that we're in because of X, Y, Z reasons. And the reason why I bring this up is I think a lot about like, uh, um, oh man, it was another show that is just escaping me. Is it insecure? Will Molly at the, at the office and that new girl comes in? Oh, it wasn't insecure. Oh, man. Okay. If I think if I, if I remember like the point, um, I'll bring it back. But it really just had to do with like. Um, oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, this is why I need to write notes. Okay. Someone else take over. I'll remember. No worries. I was going to say um, that when you were talking the insecure episode where Molly you know, she was still working at the white company. And then there was another young black girl that came in and she had braids and she was just kind of literally being her authentic self. Right. And then Molly was kind of like, hey, sis, you know, let me talk to you and kind of gave her the talk about how to how to perform or how to navigate the white space. And the younger um, girl kind of was like, no, thank you. I, mm -mm, I don't. I'm fine. And then later on, she ended up getting fired, but Molly had to fire her, right? Um, if I remember the episode correctly. 
Is that right? I think no, she didn't fire her or she somebody No, asked they her. like sent her into a room, but we understood that she was getting let go because of how she showed up, how loud she was. Yeah. yeah. But even with that, it's just like the fact that Molly felt like, okay, girl, let's like you said, Beth, like the care perspective of it. Like, I'm looking out for you, you know, this is how you have to show up. And it's interesting how even the young girl was able at first her showing up the way she was was fine. But when did it become annoying to the point she got fired? And that's the kind of where I want the conversation to go. Like, when does it become too much or what what does too much mean? Or, um, yeah, who gets to say? Um, I don't. OK, so your question was who? Who's the who's this hypothetical person who says that this is too much or this is where we draw the line? Am yep. I getting that correctly? Um, I think sometimes it's a little bit of. Let me not get too deep into it. I think all of us are just trying to figure out how to move in the world, right? Um, like say we take a step back from race for a moment. Like sometimes people are awkward, sometimes people are charismatic, sometimes people are shy, et cetera, et cetera. And so we're all in this journey of like, how do I make sense of like, how do I find belonging in the spaces that I'm in? Right. But then when you add all those elements back into it, like when it comes to race, when it comes specifically to blackness and um, white supremacy that is pervasive in the world, um, I think there's a level of both things, because I think that on one hand, there's groups of white folks who expect black people to act a certain way and you get hired for those reasons or you get tapped on for those reasons so when I think about like people like to call on certain folks because they know they're going to be loud and they can get the crowd going or they can be charismatic or can they, they can do the jokes and everyone knows black people are funny etc cetera, etc cetera. that's an, uh, a stereotype because of the fact that we are um it is okay for us to be in entertainment spaces, right? Um, and that's historical. Um, but then there's this other flip side of like, um, but we don't want you doing too much where it's like embarrassing us, but what does that mean to be embarrassing? You know what I'm saying? Um, and so there's this like inner conflict on the other flip side of like, do I want to be perceived as this person? Like, what if I am naturally charismatic? Like, you know what I'm saying? Or I naturally can do jokes am I just gonna like just be me and and fall into this like tokenism this hole um and potentially go too far quotation marks in the eyes of white folks because I'm just being myself in a way that is like would have been fine in a group of you know my peers who held the same identity um so I don't have an answer on like who says it's too far but I know it's always a push and I think I think for me it's a push and pull of um, both sides of the issue, like this internal battle and all those is, and also like this external, um, like expectation sometimes. And I know that's only one, you know, piece of this question, but worth exploring. Um, I am. I think I'm wrestling and struggling with the question because I don't think anyone gets to tell anyone that this is too much, you've gone too far, or you're not showing up in the way um, that I want you to. I think that if anything, it's just someone trying to police um, someone's actions. 
um, someone's uh, space, someone's energy. And if it makes someone uncomfortable, I think um, instead of calling that person out, uh, and I understand, and I can, I understand that there's risk when people show up in certain ways, but instead of calling someone out, I question, do you call yourself in to figure out why are you, why are you just, why are you not comfortable? What's the discomfort? Why are you afraid? Um, well, I'm afraid that they may be perceived this way. Okay. Well, how do we like move past that? Because I think that, um, true liberation is someone being able to show up as themselves. And so why, I, 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 it's hard. It's really hard because I, I hope both, but like, why is there this need for someone for us as not only like just the world to police each other, to label each other. And so I know that's, that earns you a life of living in risk and fear and um, not necessarily receiving opportunities, but I think that there needs to be a, like someone like questioning it here. That is um, a hard question to answer, I think, as Bev and Paige have alluded to. For me, I think about, I'm trying to find the best, like, analogy to compare this to, but I think about being ourselves and monitoring ourselves as um, losing a piece of ourselves, um, not necessarily like permanently losing a piece of ourselves, but you know, like if you're going into a space, so it's like, oh, I'm gonna lose a little bit of this, um, a little bit of me, um, or that's the visual that's painted in my head. And so, um, and I think the question is tough is because it goes back to that whole um, policing our actions in our bodies right and we should have the right to show up and act the way that we how we would act when we're at home and with friends and with family and so um i think for me the way that i look at this question is how do we get people um in charge or in the room um, to pull in and accept people who want to show up authentically. And when someone has to question, like, why they're showing up the way that they are, they can be like, I don't care how they're showing up. The work that they're producing is 110 and better than yours. And, you know, like, I think, and so, yeah, this is just a difficult question. But I think about how do we make it, more acceptable and i hate that i have to say acceptable but obviously these are things that are compared to someone's standards of what's for like professional or what um acting right is or um behavior you know things like that so yeah Whew, toughy yeah well um, we want to thank you all for listening to Monolithic, the podcast where we explore diversity within Black experiences. Um, we hope that you like and learn something from this week's topic, Mask On, Mask Off, uh, Performing Your Blackness. Please tune into next week's episode for another thought-provoking and eye-opening discussion. 
follow us on IG at monolithic underscore the podcast and share your time when you notice you performed your blackness differently based on the environment. As always, I'm Paige. I'm Beverly. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm your boy Dylan. Hey. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Thank you. Thank you.